man. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. It's uh, yeah. New Year's coming to a close, and the weather's improving. So yeah, I'm I'm fantastic. But you're it's your senior year, man. I know. Crazy. What does that What does that even feel like? Um. Well, uh, you know, I think I think high school for anyone really flies mm-hmm. by, but I think COVID probably made that even that that feeling even more profound. You know, I think um, I, I mean, junior spring was virtual, and so I feel yeah. like I'm I'm kind of still a sophomore uh, because most <laughs> of junior year, I mean, half of junior year was virtual, oh. and uh, now, luckily, we're in person right now, so we've been able to achieve some sense of normalcy, but uh, for the most part, we've been virtual yeah. last year, so, yeah. That's true, because when you first said that it it flew by, I would think it would feel so slow, <laughs> because you're just stuck at home all the time, but yeah, I can see why. I, yeah, I think it, there's a monotony to it, because every class feels the same, because it's online, right. and so every day it felt the same. Yeah. And so I guess right. maybe going through it, it felt really slow, painfully yeah. slow. But looking back at it, it, it seemed to fly by. Really, that's true. Because you know you're not you're not going in the classroom. You're not getting a change of scenery. Like exactly, your change of scenery is like your bedroom versus the dining room. You know. Like that's yeah, yeah. Of exactly. Yeah. Maybe I'll position my desk differently today. You know, but, uh, <laughs> I'll look out the window more today. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. But I, but when you said the whole, I had never even thought about that. Like the part about being a sophomore, feeling like you're still a sophomore. Mm-hmm. It's because you know you haven't been there to be on campus and to be like the biggest guy there. You know, you're a senior. You're, like, yeah. bigger than everybody. Yeah. You're older than yeah. them. Yeah, I know. That's, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, we've we've been in person now for several months, so that's been really yeah. – I'm getting really fortunate and blessed for that. Um, we have to yeah. wear masks, obviously, but, you know, I think yeah. most of the teachers are vaccinated. Um, and, yeah. And so it's definitely – it feels like it's coming to a close, even though it might be mm-hmm. at least, you know, another six months until everything starts to go back to normal. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Are the freshmen still intimidated of you on campus? Uh, well, you know, I don't think I, I, I've never seen myself as a very intimidating person. Uh, <laughs> so well, I, you're I not. They, <laughs> would have, they would have ever been intimidated, but uh, well. yeah. It's really, it's also like it's impossible to uh, really tell who's a senior, who's a freshman, because everyone has mm-hmm. the mask on. So you, mm-hmm. you basically you have to do it by size. You know, freshmen, yeah. generally speaking, are pretty pretty short compared to seniors. Yeah. So there are always mm-hmm. a few exceptions. Um, so you, yeah, you can't really use faces. Um, as this is like I, you know. I hadn't even considered this. I've been telling everyone that your generation is getting the shortest end of this whole stick. I mean, you know, like people my age and older are like, we'll be fine. You know, my children who are six, like, 
they won't even remember this, really. They'll just sort of have the general memory of it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, there's so many things that you're getting, that you're having to miss out on. Yeah. Wow. What about college and all that? Are you, I know you, you and I have talked about, like, potentially taking gap year, but you said six months. Does most of your classmates feel like, you know, we will get to go to college, whereas people last year didn't all get to yeah, go? Yeah, yeah. I think most of my friends are planning to um, go, you know, enroll in college in the fall, so they won't do mm-hmm. gap year. Um, I'll have to see again mm-hmm. what the situation of COVID's like. Um, a lot of mm-hmm. colleges have been really flexible about that. Um, at least last year they were. I don't know about this year because mm-hmm. their enrollment might be down a little bit. Um, yeah. So, but, you know, seniors are starting to hear from colleges, and so most seniors will have made their decision by mid-April, and you, mm-hmm. you have to tell colleges by early May, so like May 3rd, yeah. I think. Um, so, yeah, it's exciting. You know, everyone's kind of learning where they're going to be for the next four yeah. years of their life. And, and mm-hmm. so that's, that's great. Well, it, it, cause like you said last year, I mean, it was kind of 50-50 with that graduating class. Some people were going to go no matter what. And then other yeah. people were, okay, well, I'll just stay home and do it remotely or I'll mm-hmm. go to Calm or I'll take a gap year. And because we don't think our campus is going to be open. And mm-hmm. it seems like, so you're, you saying like the consensus opinion is most people feel like their campus is going to be open. It's just whether yeah. or not you want to go there or not. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Especially with, um, I think, I forget what date it is, but California is going to start opening of vaccines for everyone and uh so mm-hmm. i think yeah i think people are definitely feeling yeah. like they can they can be on campus in the fall yeah i get my second on sunday so oh that's great that that's is awesome yeah. didn't did you want to did you want to go into medicine is that what you wanted to go into yes uh that Originally? is my current path i'm i'm thinking yeah. of um yeah. It's actually interesting. Uh, you know, Dr. Robert Miller, who's he's yeah. a member of our mm-hmm. congregation. Yeah. So, right. um, the summer following my freshman year of high school, I, uh, I interned with him at his, at the Forbes North ALS clinic. Mm-hmm. Um, right. and I think I, through that internship, that's, that's kind of when I first learned, I, I really wanted to seriously consider medicine and to pursue mm-hmm. that. And so, that was a really defining internship, a uh, really defining experience. And I, yeah. I was really blessed with that opportunity. And, and Dr. Miller mm-hmm. is just such a great mentor. So that's, that's been really formative for me. He is one of the best human beings I know. And I mean, he's, he's so kind. He's so he's generous. incredibly kind and brilliant and talented. And, you know, you don't always meet people who have both of those things going, where they have mm-hmm. all this talent and that they're still so generous, like you said. I, well, hey, we welcomed a another member of your family into the church to, uh, this past weekend as a voting yeah. member, your brother Will. And now we have four Tolmies with voting rights at the church. Mm-hmm. We'll have to reconsider sure. how we're waiting all this. <laughs> how... <laughs> But for you and your journey, like, how did your spiritual journey begin? Was it something that was a product of your home? Was it something that was mm-hmm. a product of your neighborhood, of your extended family, of, of 
somehow you got involved with the church? I mean, how did you, where did all that begin for you? Yeah, so, I mean, I've been attending church uh, since I was, you know, since I was born. Um, and uh, so it's always been a big part of my my family's life. Um, you know, early, I just distinctly remember just early Sunday morning, you know, you, you maybe I was six years old and you can just remember, you know, your dad's helping you with your tie and you're just getting dressed for church. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, church has always played a really important role in my life. Um, mm-hmm. And we we changed churches uh, in middle when I was in middle school, and we, yeah. we were kind of church shopping, and uh, we came to mm-hmm. Westminster, and we were just blown away by Rob's sermons. Um, mm-hmm. They were they were just like nothing we'd ever heard before, and so we immediately mm-hmm. we go, this is our place, this is going to be our new home, and so yeah. we started attending in, Westminster. In what and, way? Like in in what way was it? unique i mean you were in middle school i don't know if you remember but or did your parents say that what was what was it that made it so unique well they're so relevant um he always Mm. makes the gospel and so relevant to our lives and to current events Mm. and i think that's Mm -hmm. extremely important because i think with Mm. religion sometimes it can get really abstract and so for me i've always You know, I've always really appreciated when people ground religion in, you know, something extremely tangible or, or present in our day-to-day life. And um, yeah. and Rob always did that with his sermons. And and Bethany was awesome. And, and so, and, and obviously, I think maybe, was that your first year? When our first year maybe was your first year? I don't, I don't remember. It may have been. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've been there for four years, four and a half years. Okay, so yeah, I think you might have come in maybe the year after we got there, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, it, it's just it's an amazing congregation and the people are so nice. It's a lot more casual. We went to St. Hillary's mm-hmm. before, and uh, yeah, it's just a lot more casual environment at Westminster. So right. we really appreciate yeah. that, and it's a it's a really yeah. good place. Yeah, and so having that it was. Like, your spiritual life at home, did it extend beyond, like, prayers before dinner time? Um, like, did you did you ever discuss your faith at home or anything like that? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think we always tried to do something faith-related on Sundays, even if we mm-hmm. couldn't actually be in church in person. Mm-hmm. For instance, mm-hmm. my if we were attending a sports game or something. So sometimes yeah. we print out, or we we go on the website and hear Rob's sermon, even if we couldn't be in mm-hmm. church. And and so mm-hmm. for me though, I feel like I, I didn't, I wasn't seriously committed to Christianity until my high school mm-hmm. years. And I think that yeah. I think that's the case for a lot of people, just because mm-hmm. high school is such a formative time where you're really right. developing your value system and. Mm-hmm your sense of morality and so for me you know i started that um affinity group for people of faith in my school and so and so for me i really started to focus in on my religion and really try to um engage with it um starting my high school years and that's that's when i really found my sense of purpose in christianity 
Why why was that, you think? Why did it become I I think I so I I love I love school. I'm kind of a nerd and I love science and yeah. all of that. And so in middle school I actually kind Crap, of had a that's what we love about school. you. Yeah. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> yeah. So in middle school, you know, I had a kind of a crisis of faith, I'd say. I was just mm-hmm. struggling to reconcile science and faith. And, you know, okay. I've talked to people in my school and, and at church, and I think a lot of people, you know, that's a very natural question to have. And I think a lot of people struggle Absolutely. with that. And um, so for me in high school, and it, actually my internship at the ALS clinic really helped with this. I discovered yeah. how faith and science could have a really beautiful intersection where you could yeah. use science to carry out the will of Jesus to help your neighbor and, and to promote health in your community, for instance. Uh, and so that was kind of the beginning of it. And then throughout high yeah. school, you know, I'm, again, medicine. So, you know, I've been pursuing a lot of biology courses. And I've kind mm-hmm. of, through those classes, I've kind of come up with the, the belief that both science and, and religion are attempts to understand the underlying miracles of life. And so, so for me, that I, that's, that's kind of when it clicked, you know, when I was learning about evolution, I mean, to have such purposeful organisms and, and structures come out of complete random changes in DNA, Mm -hmm. like that, that is miraculous Mm -hmm. to me. And I think that, that can only be the work of God. And so for me, I, I've really found Uh, beauty and, and, and purpose in religion through the study of biology and, and through medicine. Um, and so that's, yeah, that's kind of where it all clicks for me. I, I, lo- I love what you just said about, you basically just said evolution proved God's existence to me, you know? Yeah. And <laughs> as I said earlier, I, I admittedly don't understand that much about science. Like that just wasn't the field I chose to study. Um, mm-hmm. I know a lot more about the soul and about those abstract things uh, yeah. that are less defined. And I I think science, in my own mind, it it explains how God does things. You know, yeah. if we discover a cure to ALS, like mm-hmm. that is, you know, it, it would be based in science, but it would be the explanation of how God would heal somebody of ALS. You know, and so yeah. there are times when, in my own study, you know, I'll study scripture or theology, yeah, and uh, has a lot of historical correlation and a lot of scientific correlation. And then some people want to get rid of that because they feel like it takes away the religious meaning. And I think that gives it so much more depth. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, I, I look at the resurrection of Jesus. Like, I genuinely believe that, you know, all these people – said he appeared to them and so i have no reason to question them and i know there's no scientific explanation of that but my assumption is if we're here long enough somebody will figure it out and that yeah, doesn't totally. make it any that doesn't make it any less miraculous you know yeah i mean you see how much work goes into the medicine and the healings that we do through medicine modern medicine i mean i mean these are sort of our own modern miracles that we're able to do this you know so it's, mm-hmm. but what, but what you said about evolution is so interesting because, you know, you're, you're an astute fellow. You keep up with things, and 
uh, you know, there are some people, there are some Christians, this is hard for, I think, our youth group to kind of comprehend because it's not the way our youth group is. Uh, mm-hmm. There are some churches and people I've talked to that feel like if you don't believe that God created the world in seven days and the world is only 10,000 years old and yada, yada, if you don't believe that, then you're not really a Christian. Like you can't have all the other beliefs. And and mm. like, are, do you, are you ever exposed to that kind of thinking? Are you aware of it? Yeah. I mean, I've, I've had students like some of my classmates have come up to me and and just asked me you know or or just in a more accusatory tone you know um, right you yeah know, how, how can you believe in science and also faith like you, you can't believe in right. both and I that always really upsets me because I it, it's really I think that's right. completely misleading and I think that's 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 not true um and and like I said to you I I just I mean, we don't know what came before the Big Bang, right? And and so right. these biblical stories, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, in a literal sense, sometimes, well, you can't interpret them literally. Um, I think there's right. always a deeper meaning to these well, stories. Well, the and, the first two chapters of Genesis, they're written mm-hmm. poet, they're poems, they're written poetically. And I always ask people, yeah. okay, we're our best assumption is this was written about 35 to a group of people 3,000 or more years ago. So if you go back in time 3,000 years from now and to the people living 3,000 years ago and explain to them the origins of the universe, what would you tell them? Would you talk about molecules and atoms and all this kind of stuff? They would have no idea what you're talking about. So you explain it the best way that you can. And it's by poetry. Um, yeah. And, yeah, so, I mean, it it doesn't seem to me that people took it that literally back then. I don't know why we would try to take it so literally now. And it, I know it's really hard. I feel I feel for our, for the youth in our youth group especially, because I know that you have to deal with the sort of false accusations against mm-hmm. your own faith sometimes. Yeah, yeah. You know? How can you be a Christian? How can how can you believe the world was created in seven days? And you're going, I never said that. <laughs> <You know>? Yeah. <laughs> Who said I said that? <laughs> Don't put those words in my mouth. You know. Exactly. Bad. What uh, on a, you know, you've been stuck like all of us for about the last year. What's on a spiritual level then in that abstract world? What what's been going on in your life lately? Like what is Maybe God been saying to you lately? Well, um, I mentioned I started that affinity group in my high school. And so yeah. I, in March, when we all went virtual and everything was locked down, I, I think that was a mm-hmm. pretty scary time. We, it was very uncertain. No one really knew mm-hmm. what was in store for us. And, and so mm-hmm. I started at my school weekly prayer sessions. Um, and so they were invited – the whole – you know, they are uh, open to the whole community. So I actually had people who don't aren't religious. They they still came, and um, right. we all prayed together. And I actually modeled it off of uh, Westminster. So we had joys and concerns, and then we had yeah. a a community prayer at the end, which I like. We basically created together. Um, 
and uh, we added in the fall when there were all those fires, we added firemen and, and um, first responders to it. And so it, it was a kind of a, mm-hmm. a massive just community prayer with all of these different people we yeah. wanted to keep in our prayers every week. And so, um, yeah, that was a really, really amazing experience. And uh, I'm That's really so glad amazing. I did it. Yeah. And where would they put the concerns? Were these things that people would say out loud or were they things that you would write into a, like a Google yeah. sheet or? So they were over Zoom and then uh, they yeah. shared, for instance, their joys and then concerns. And with the concerns okay. part, I'd write a list of everyone's concerns. And we try to, you know, if it was our grandparent who was suffering, for instance, you'd name your grandparent yeah. so we could pray for each other using yeah. names, which I think is really impactful. Yeah. And so um, after is. the yeah. prayer session was concluded, they were usually, you know, they weren't really long they were like uh 20 minutes maybe um and i just email the people who were at the prayer session with the list of concerns and so throughout the week we'd be able to pray for each other's relatives or for each other and then we'd meet again the next week and uh those those sessions have actually continued um they continued into the fall and then um with the reopenings uh interest dwindled so we it's now just back to the affinity group itself but yeah um, i'm I'm really glad we did that as a group oh how awesome is that strad that is that is super impressive super cool uh thank you well yeah i i mean i was inspired by westminster i i really loved how we started each church service with you know praying for each other's congregation members i think that's that's mm-hmm. one of the most important roles of the church is to create a another layer of community in your life. And so yeah. um, I, I really appreciate that. Right. And a space where you can be vulnerable with one another, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. and say, you know, I've got this sickness and it really scares me. You know, there. Yep. I'm sure you've been there where there are times where somebody yeah. scares their, well, both some people cry when they share joys and concerns sometimes. Yes, <laughs> people cry sometimes when they're overwhelmed with happiness. That it's um, there is there's something powerful about you know being in that room with people. It, I mean, our church is large enough that you don't know everybody, right? But you're mm-hmm. yeah. you know yeah. that they're all on your side, you know, and you know yeah. they've all they're all in support of you. And did you happen to get to any of our science and faith uh, ones that we were doing that series we did? Uh yes, on that. Yes. I went to yeah. several, and then I was also – I think Dr. Miller also presented, and so I was he did, that yeah. as well. Yeah. I mean, the idea that you would not have any doubts, I think, is kind of absurd to me. But in, in my mind, it honestly, it makes me feel like you're just not thinking. But yeah. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you have you probably have doubts that your parents love you sometimes, but you know they do. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You never doubt that your brother and sister love you, though, I'm sure. You know they do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Siblings are always very harmonious. That's right. Well, yeah. where do you think, given all that and uh, given all that you've just gone through in that, your your affinity group, 
I was keeping up with it some before. I had no idea you were doing that during COVID, and that is just so powerful. But what do you? Where do you feel like the spirit's leading you now? You know, particularly as you're hitting this big transition, going yeah. from high school to whatever's next. Where do you feel like the spirit's leading you? Yeah. Well, uh, you know, that's a difficult question, and um, I think I definitely want to find some kind of interfaith group while I'm in mm-hmm. college. Um, and I know yeah. every every college that I've applied to has something along those lines, and so uh, that's that's really great. And I think I'll I'll definitely pursue that. Um, and I think college is probably pretty difficult to go to church every Sunday, um, but I'll I'll try my best with that. Um, and uh, so you know I'm really looking forward to college, and then after that, yeah. you know I think that's a really big question. Um, you know, currently I'm thinking I might want to be a doctor in the military um, or mm. pursue some kind of research or just be a doctor in general. So, I, you know, there are, there are a mm. lot of different paths ahead of me. And uh, so, but I definitely want to pursue some kind of interfaith, um, yeah. you know, group in college, like I said. Yeah. Why is that? A, why is the interfaith stuff so important to you? Because... I think it's really important to have a dialogue between different religions. Um, I -hmm. think religion itself is under somewhat of an assault or um, attack just because, Mm -hmm. you know, like we've talked about, it's hard to sometimes reconcile both science and faith. And I think because we're a lot more scientifically uh, knowledgeable now. And so I think, we have somewhat of a faith crisis on our hands. And so I think it, it's mm-hmm. become really important for people of different religious communities to come together and to yeah. focus on continuing religion and to, um, you know, promote it in our communities. And so, and I think it's also, there's always something to learn from every religion. And so it's, it's been really fun to talk to people of different faiths at Branson and, um, yeah. learn about their traditions and rituals and beliefs yeah. because I think, yeah. you know, I think that's part of Jesus's message. You know, you, you love your neighbor. And I think part of loving your neighbor is listening to your neighbor and learning from your neighbor. And so I think there, there should be a dialogue between different religions. Um, and, and so that's been a really fun experience for me. Absolutely. He was very well known for including outsiders and it's, uh, mm-hmm. Something that gets lost on us because it was 2,000 years ago. But anytime he, you know, a uh, Samaritan person, you know, when he's got a Samaritan woman at the well that he meets and he's having a dialogue with her when he's mm-hmm. uh, telling the story of, uh, you know, what it means to love your neighbor. And there's, you know, a person that's suffering on the side of the road and a priest walks by and different people just don't want to deal with it, but it's the Samaritan who does that. That is Jesus including outsiders and kind of mm-hmm. giving credence to an equality with them. And I I was telling some parents about this. You know, I think we have a lot to learn from other faith movements, particularly where we live here. And it's because mm-hmm. you're in a minor you are a minority group as a Christian. And this is long ago when I first came here came to Westminster, we went to the Islamic Center in Mill Valley, and mm-hmm. it was because we were doing a series on bullying, 
and we were openly acknowledging the fact that some of you get bullied because of your faith. And Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's kind of a new phenomenon to Christians in America. Yes, definitely. Right. And your parents didn't have to go through that. Like I did maybe a little bit, but most of our, most of your parents didn't have to go through that. Do you know who's been through that quite a bit? Are our Muslims brothers and sisters. (laughs) They've been through that. And, Going there and hearing them share their stories and talk about their talk about uh, the rights that you have. I mean, these are. I remember. Uh, I don't know if you. I know some of your family came with us to that one where we went to the mosque uh, the first time. I, I think went. I was. I think I was there. I made it, yeah, we might have gone on a different occasion, but I. I definitely remember yeah. going to the mosque. We did. We've been there a couple times, and when. But yeah, it was funny because. You know, they're, they're explaining to all of everyone in the room, right? And to the Muslim kids that are there, they're going, oh yeah, that's right. And to our kids, they're going, wait, what? We can, we have those rights in our school? <laughs> We're going, <Yeah>. what? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, take it from somebody who's been there, you know? And yeah, there was another time we were doing a series on prayer and Imam, my friend Imam Fassi comes over and he talks about Muslims who pray five times a day and and mm-hmm. all the youth who were there left that room that day going, we should be praying five times a day. <laughs> yeah. So there's, you know, there's just a lot that we have to gain from each other. I mean, a, a great mm-hmm. deal. So it's awesome. Yeah. Right, what? We'll, we'll let you go on this because I know you're probably busier and I know you're uh, already more important than I am, Strat. No. And you got to go right. Not at all. You got to um, go get your 10 mile run in. Too, I'm sure. Oh yeah. <laughs> no, I don't know. What? Ten miles, maybe, maybe four. <laughs> maybe four. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what do you What are you most looking forward to doing uh, as the church reopens, as continues to reopen, and our youth group gets back going again? What are the things that you maybe miss or are looking forward to, or hoping we do well, that we've I- never done? Yeah, well, I'm definitely looking forward to being back in church in in that space, um, hearing the sermon from from Rob or Bethany or you, and, and you guys are you know 15 feet from me instead of separated from a screen by a screen, and uh, <laughs> you know I'm I'm actually excited to receive communion since I haven't, I mean, the uh, the, the hmm. chip the chips in my pantry aren't. You know, there's something special about receiving communion True. At, at church. So, uh, yeah. you know, I'm excited to receive communion again. And uh, like I said, just being in person with everyone, uh, singing mm-hmm. together, praying together, and listening mm-hmm. to, uh, um, you know, the sermon. So, yeah, I'm really looking yeah. forward to that. And also it's brunch. It. I think brunch is a big yeah. part of Sundays, too, getting that after yeah. church. So, yeah. <laughs> it's funny, you know, about communion. You know, it's it sounded like a lot of fun to have apple juice and a chocolate chip cookie as your communion. Yeah. Uh, but then it got kind of old after a while. You're like, you know, this isn't as fun anymore. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Like I've, I've done this now. The potato chips and the, you know, and the exactly. water. Yeah. I think I'm ready to have the the actual bread and cup now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well. That's well, we're we're looking forward to serving it to you. Maybe even having you help yeah. serve it to some people someday. That'd but, be great. Well, thanks a lot, man. 
Thanks for taking time. And uh, awesome. Thanks for. Be great. I mean, for for everything you do at Branson. I mean, I know you you may not recognize how much a gift some of the things you've done over there, such as that affinity group, but really how you interact with everyone there. And hopefully next year I'll be able to go back and and have free lunch with with your brother yes. and sister. I guess. Yes. No, that'd be but great. not you. <laughs> Uh, Maybe I'll come all right, Drat. Yeah, right. you come back to that. All right, Drat. Thanks a bunch, man. Have a right, great rest so of much. your day. All right. Talk yeah, to you later. Too. All right. Talk to you later. Bye.